This is episode number 247. How do you deal with other people's expectations? With Edward Bodenheimer. Welcome. My name is Oleg Lohit, and this is the Overcoming Odds Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your fullest Before we get into today's episode, I would like to make a few quick announcements. First one being an invitation to all of our listeners to our upcoming conversation that takes place every single Friday, which is a part of our weekly series called Survive to Thrive Attitude of Gratitude. What this is, is a series of conversations where we explore the connection between gratitude and grief, gratitude and resilience, gratitude and relationships, and many other topics. If this is of interest to you, please visit our website at overcomingodds.today where you'll be able to find the latest details about our upcoming conversation. The second announcement that I wanted to make is in regard to our work. And that is, if our work has had any form of impact in your life, please consider supporting our cause by making a contribution through our website or leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can find these inspiring and courageous conversations. Now, let's get back to the show. No expectations for this show. (laughs) I had the little countdown and everything going. I like it. I was like getting hyped up. No, I, I appreciate you for being a part of this and the conversation that you and I were having prior to getting live and being able to share with other people. I think this topic for me, it fascinates me on a couple of different levels. A, I think it's a very real topic as in something that I encounter, if I'm being honest, probably on a daily basis Mm -hmm. uh, from friends, family, and other people who are with or outside of my circle. And I'm just, I'm looking forward to this conversation because I think there is a lot of wisdom and insight that I um, can gain from just being able to hear someone else's side to it. But I was sharing with you earlier, and maybe this is the one of the ways that we can open up a dialogue around this. So I'm at a interesting age, and that is I'm 28 years old. And <laughs> <I'm> so old. <laughs> I've experienced quite a few expectations from other people as far as when are you going to have kids, when are you going to start a family, when are you going to get into a relationship again, when are you going to buy a house, get the golden retriever. I do have a dog, so I supposedly have checked off one of those things. But when you just this reality and perception of what I believe maybe is one version of what American dream looks like. Mm-hmm. And I found myself to be whenever I'm part of those conversations, there's a lot of tension that I experience as far as that's just not the dream that I aspire for. And I've really gotten curious as far as how do you manage other people's expectations and how do you deal with them, especially if it's people who are closest to you? 
you know, because that those relationships, like there's certain relationships, I don't know how you deal with this, but in the outside circle, that if any, like, if past no longer align, it's not as personal yeah. as if it's like a family member. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious from your lens, how do you deal with that stuff? How do you deal, especially when it comes to expect, I mean, let's start with family. How do you deal with expectations set by family members? Oh, those are like often the hardest ones, in my opinion, because uh, like you said, they're the ones that are closest to you. And more times than not, you hear about it the most from those family members. Yeah. Um, I growing up, um, I'm sure my mom's not listening to this episode. So <laughs> I'll, I'll my, my mom, I love my mom. I love her more than just about anybody else walking the face of God's green earth. But Lord, she set some expectations on me growing up. It was, uh, you know, the, the males in my family went to, uh, you know, the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. So growing up, I had this expectation that I got to go to Carolina. And, you know, my dad was a lawyer. He was in the military. So they're very successful, the, the men in my family. And uh, the expectation was you're going to go to college for four years. You were going to get married, have, you know, three beautiful children. You'll have a white picket fence. You'll have, mm-hmm. you know, two, two golden retrievers and you'll take, you'll have Christmas cards made every year and all this stuff. And it was, that was the expectations. And then when I started getting into my twenties and I was, I was a while back, but I remember when I was <laughs> in my twenties, it was, you know, trip, you're getting older. You're, you're 22. Uh, why are you not married? When, when are you going to really get serious with this relationship? And when are you going to get uh, serious about school and your job? And I mean, you're only, you're only getting older. You're 22 years old now. Yeah. And a lot of times those expectations were measured up to what other people's children are doing. Mm-hmm. And it was, well, you know, this person's going to uh, East Carolina or this person's going to Wake Forest or they're going to here what is going on with you? What's wrong with you? Why are you not there in a relationship for three years? Why are you still single? And it was really hard to live up to those expectations. And really they, they almost like held me back in a way because I was like, well, I'm, I'm failing. I'm not a success. I'm not, you know, meeting up to the expectations that my, my family is, is setting for me. And I like the quote by Brene Brown. We were talking about before he came on where expectations our resentment waiting to happen. Mm-hmm. And um, it was it was really tough coming from family. And I have now, you know, being a, a loving father of two girls, I found myself being guilty as well. And, um, you know, a good friend of mine, Dylan Roberts, who uh, I got connected with not too long ago, you know, he told me a story about his, his father would talk to him about his grades. And he would say, you know, you got four A's, but What's going on with this 75 and just the expectation of you got to get all A's. But if you get all A's, it's all right. You met my expectations. You had to go. I was so guilty of that with my own daughter to where I would get Becton's, you know, report card or pr- progress report. And she would almost like not tell it to me. She's like, I'd have to get the email saying basically like progress reports are available. And I open it up and I'm like, okay, 96, 97, 94, 87 sit down. Let's have a talk. What's going on with this 87? That is not what you need. to. She's still doing good. She's still being successful. And, 
so but it was just i had this expectation of you will have all a's you will do this and it's a lot to put on people so i i had to take a step back and realize the pressure that you know my mother and, and siblings had put on me with my expectations and i kind of had to put myself uh you know back in my shoes when i was talking about my daughter and i was like i can't have that same amount of stress pressure anxiety tension put on her that was was put on me before so i started to back off a lot with it and um now she's like i got an 87 all right keep working at it okay perfect what do you expect from other people from other people mm -hmm. like towards me mm -hmm. or you talking about whenever like i set goals or uh i guess both yeah so i try not to set expectations for other people i try not to i like for people to surprise me someone to surprise mm -hmm. me and, and and do something and say oh wow that's great i love to hear that um expectations i feel like there's, there's some sort of like deadline or some sort of standard you got to meet and for the most part i mean with me as an instructor you know i guess the expectation would be to be a successful instructor but here we even tell them at the course it's like just be you be you go into a flight room be you uh and you will be successful in there as long as you take the tools that have been presented to you but i look at if i make up my mind i want to do something that's a goal if somebody tells me to do something that's more of an expectation and i'm i'm more in the goal setting business than the expectation business i guess yeah i've been curious about that the reason why i asked you that is because i think for me recently i was as i was looking at some of the relationships that i had with in my life and just connections professional personal whatever whatever the category was i had found myself to be in an interesting space because there were times where i was setting expectations for other people yeah. <laughs> so whether it was a form of frequency staying in touch on a weekly monthly annual basis or i had experienced the same thing from other people and that's i'll share with you a, a story one of the more recent stories i had um individual had sent me a text and she was expecting one form of feedback or or some like uh congratulations type like certain words that i had to say right. well i didn't end up saying them because i just i don't operate that way i don't you did the thumb or something yeah i i might have done i might have done something like that or i i think i said something like that's awesome happy to hear that but i i guess um i didn't congratulate her and so she had responded mm -hmm. by saying everyone but you congratulated me on this success Ooh. and it, it was an interesting situation to be in because i had realized that that is an expectation that is solely set by her mm -hmm. and that everyone communicates the same exact way just like the same exact reasons I, I don't know if you experienced this or any of the listeners but when someone sends you a text message some people respond with one word others respond with a full-blown memoir and then some people will just give you a thumbs up, but it yeah. doesn't diminish them compared to some of the others because that's just their form of communication. Yeah. And so for me, I just started to realize that it was more important to understand how each person communicates rather than compare and contrast them against each other. Man, Bodhi doesn't do this, but he does that. Mm -hmm. So you're different people. 
Yeah. And I realized in that moment, just the importance of understanding the relationships that I'm in and what is the, what is my role within them? And what is that mode of communication? Those that choose to use one to two word, maybe a sentence, it doesn't make them any less than. Yeah. It's just different. So that was, that was just the interesting one for me to be a part of and, and really talking about how do you deal with other people's expectations. And in some of those situations, I had to draw the line. I had to tell myself that I, if this is the relationship that we're going to be a part of, yeah. to me, it feels very transactional. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just that I'm at a different chapter of my life. And so I'm more so looking for a relationship that can really help transform me and that are not necessarily an active scorekeeper. Yeah. You did this, therefore I have to do that. Now, I'm also not going to say that I wasn't like that once upon a time. I was 110% where I would I did something for someone and then I expected for them to do the same thing back. And then I'll get mad at them if they did it. Yeah. But did you communicate it with them? Or was it almost like, no. a, yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing is communication. I communicate with myself. Internally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I told myself what had to be done. I told myself. And, and I think that's a really good point that you just bring up in there. And that's the whole aspect of open communication. Mm-hmm. I mean, even in those situations, as I was sharing with you earlier, some of the people that are within my circle that say, you have to do this, you have to have that by this age, by this time, mm. opening that loop and just saying, why do you believe that? And why do you think I have to do that? Yeah. So having that difficult conversation, but to me, it's a more honest approach because now I can really understand where you're coming from instead of creating that full-blown narrative in my head which can lead to forms of frustration as well as anger. Yeah. I think the communication I think is key with expectations because you get like a new uh, CEO of a company and he rallies everybody together, or you got a new leader, a new commander in the military and they get everybody together in a, in a base theater somewhere. And they're like, my expectation is this. And they'll communicate it with people. But a lot of times, uh, even the way we changed our feedback in the military, it is met expectations, clearly exceeded expectations. But if you get a met expectations, that's like frowned upon. It's like, mm, you you know, oh, you said I met your expectations. That's not, <laughs> that's not good. But it's all about communication is what the whole thing is, is built around. But I think the part that's really um, interesting to me is whether it's my friendships or you know, marriage or with kids or anything is we'll get mad at people for not doing something or, yeah. you know, for doing something, but more times than not, it's, we get mad at them for not doing something. And then when they talk to us about it, it's like, well, I expected you to, to do this. Like you said, like you expected that reply back. I don't want uh, HBD. I want happy birthday typed out mm-hmm. to me when you, you send me a reply and it's just not communicating with each other. Do you and think, a, least, go ahead. I was going to say, do you, do you think a form of expectation is almost somehow tied to validation? Like validating so. that your way of living. I mean, otherwise I'm just trying to think why is it important for me to communicate to you 
what you need to be saying in a text message response? I think texts are the worst. I think they are the worst at it where you, it's like, well, I expected more. I had that happen not too long ago where it was, a, you know, that's, that's all the reply I got. Like that was, that was it. But I was like, I didn't know there was an expectation. I didn't know there was a word, you know, I was supposed to max out my words when I, I text you back or, but yeah, I think it is a form of validation, honestly. I think it is, but it's not communicated. Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking about that the other day. I, I wonder if, if it's me seeing almost like a direct reflection reflection of me in someone else. Yeah. And that's where I'm going back to, okay. How I would reply. Exactly. I wouldn't have replied that way. I would have handled that. I would have communicated that different. And that's our defense when we get angry about something like that, or when we get perturbed, it's like, all right, Oleg, I mean, I, I get it. You, you told me you would do it, but that's not how I would do it. Yeah. And we want, we want it done that way. What's the fine line then? What's the, well, let me ask you this. Is that even a question that you choose to ask the other individual as far as how would you like me to respond? Because then what's the fine line between preserving your own individual identity yeah. and who you are? And then also respecting how the other person wants to be treated. Yeah, because it comes off petty at that point. Right? <laughs> it really does. It's like, well, geez, okay. We're... Then you don't get any text from them. You don't get nothing <laughs> from them at all. And you're like, what's their problem? But yeah, I, you know, I just think it's, it's, we all want things done our own way. I think we're all just naturally programmed that way. But, um, yeah, things like that. I've learned just to kind of, you know, it's water off in the back. It's it's not that big of a deal. But some people they will get upset about stuff like that. And they'll they'll communicate it, and then it it ends up leading to an argument or disagreement or misunderstanding. And like I said, text are the word. I just call somebody at that point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that seems like the easier option. Just get on I the got- phone and and really hear their voice and just explain it that way. Because text, I I don't know how you process this, but for me, like humor, especially it's so hard to communicate through a text. Oh yeah. You know, I have a very different type of humor as well. So communicating that through a text message, I mean, it's nearly impossible. Mm -hmm. I I totally agree. Yeah. It's uh, I'm, I guess I'm just more old school. I just try to talk to somebody than sit there doing this the whole time. But um, so they can understand the message. I, I have a, I'm going to, I'm going to do a Scott Mason. I'm going to, I'm going to flip this on you. What, <laughs> we're, we're talking about expectations. Yeah. Where did the expectation come from uh, for the, the white picket fences, the two story house. And like I told you before we came on, I was like, you walk outside to grab your newspaper and, Mr. Johnson's mowing the yard and Oleg's walking the dog down the street and the Thompson twins are rollerblading down. Like where, where did that become like the expectation of everyone, the the white picket fences? Well, I don't know if I can necessarily pinpoint the origin, but I think partially, at least the way that I understand it, that is a version of the American dream. Yeah. That's what it means to be able to live a successful life to be able to provide for one's family. So 
I don't know where it came from, but I will say that it is, it's still alive more than ever before. I know yeah. many people that have that dream and I'm not saying by any means there is right or wrong way of doing it. Whatever you choose is the way that you choose and that's the accepted way. But if that's the case, if whatever you choose is what the others respect or whatever it is or accept ultimately, then why is the other version of it mm -hmm. not as acceptable? Why is the version where taking the time to, whether it's to reflect or to really learn about yourself? See, I, I've experienced this. I don't, I don't know if you can relate to this, but in going from one relationship, intimate relationship to another, I've sometimes found myself taking time in between, not sometimes, but most times taking time in between, intentionally taking time in between to really learn who I was in that particular relationship and what am I seeking moving forward. Hmm. I was not the person that just gets out of this one and jumps immediately into another one. I, I feel like in a way, in my opinion, it's almost like a wasted effort because I haven't really reflected upon, well, what did I learn from the other one? Exactly. Especially if things ended on a, a rocky note, note, so to speak. I realized after a while that it's not always the other person's fault. There are some things that I could have done differently. There are some ways that I could have communicated differently. Yeah. But I didn't have those realizations until I took some time to reflect upon that. And I, and I think that's one of the things that I personally find to be a challenge when other people's expectations around relationships or marriage or the white picket fence or the house, whatever it is, get placed on me because I'm in a different chapter. Yeah. You know, I'm genuinely trying to learn and understand who am I as an individual and what does it actually mean to have a game companion? I mean, let's face it. After a while, companionship, at least for me, it transforms. It becomes a lot more than just the physical act of being in a relationship. You know, who can you really share a space with, have a conversation, even if it is a di agree to disagree one? Mm -hmm. But you can really see the other person's side and help expand your perspective. So I, I just, I think there's a lot be behind that. I would actually be curious to hear from you as far as what do you think is what, in your opinion, what makes the right companion? What makes a companion for you? <laughs> what makes the right companion? Um, you know, for me, because I was in so many, it sounds so bad when I say it out loud. I was in, I was in so many relationships younger when I was in, you know, my teens and twenties and stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, I was under this expectation of, well, you got to be married by a certain year. I was I was like almost chasing like that invisible number of we were talking about it before you came on the air where you'll talk to your friends and it's like, well, you're not getting any younger. You're 25. Why are you not married? Why do you not have yeah. kids? You should have three kids by now. And, and be, so when I was getting into my early to mid 20s, I was like, oh, my gosh these people around me are getting married and they're in relationships and I'm still, you know, bouncing back and forth from this relationship to this relationship. And I think what you said was valid. We get out of a relationship, especially at a young age. And we want that, that sense of, of 
you know, want and, yeah. you know, acceptance. So what do we do? You jump right into a new relationship and you're not ready because you didn't do the self-reflecting. And we always end something, especially at a younger age, because it takes us a lot longer, I think, to uh, really accept feedback, accept, you know, like, OK, I could have done this better. Um, that self-assessment piece, we always just think they were a nutcase. They were, yeah. they were the other they were, person's fault. Yeah. Oh, they were crazy. But <laughs> in reality, we have a lot of things. I look at 21 year old version of me and I was like, that was a tough person to, to be around <laughs> for, for quite a while. He's very needy, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, like I, I would, I was guilty of the same thing. I'd get done with a relationship. I'd jump into another relationship and I'm like, why didn't that one work out? But all this stuff was building up that I'm not reflecting on and not looking back on and like, OK, Trip, maybe you're the problem with some of this stuff. But I think we get this this expectation in relationships of you just you got to be with someone. You've got to get married. You've got to uh, start raising a family. And it gets compared to other people. And I've had people tell me before, they're like, man, I'm I'm getting old. I'm 28, 28 years old. I'm really yeah. I'm ancient now. Um I'm never going to have kids and, and get married at this stage in my life. And it's like, don't, don't rush that. People do it at 40 and 50, but there's that invisible age. There's that invisible, uh, you know, income that invisible, you name it, a house that we set, but I don't know where it ever really comes from. It's just comparison to other. And I don't think social media helps at all. Cause you look at everybody on social media and it's like, you know, the, the perfect pictures and the perfect family. And I think that almost like speeds people up to where they yes. rush into a relationship. Cause they're like, Oh my gosh, they're skipping rocks out at the pond and they're rolling in snow together. And it's just, they're so happy. Why am I not doing that? Yeah. But perfect companion. Yeah. That's, that is a, uh, something I think everyone would have to like that would be more of a goal to figure out like what type of relationship you want to be in. I would actually take expectations out if it's going into a relationship and just say, let's see if it's organic, see if it works. Uh, you know, my goal is to have a successful relationship with this person, a healthy relationship with this person uh, and, and not compare yourself to every other relationship you see and say, I have to do it this way. I have to be like this person. That would probably be my advice. I'm probably not the, the guru of love advice <laughs> that would be that would be my two cents what does personal success for you look like in your relationship in my relationship personal mm -hmm. success uh pushing each other pushing each other to be better um i'm not the same person i was 13 years ago when i got married i'm not mm -hmm. uh and, and i would feel like for me I would have failed at personal success if I would still be that, if I was still that working at Red Lobster, not that there's anything wrong with Red Lobster, but that version of me, uh, my goals have changed. Um, my priorities have changed a lot in the past 13 years. So for me, it's continuously growing, having someone to be by you, pushing you as well. Uh, but then you push that person um, to strive to be better and to grow as well. So it's kind of like an iron sharpening iron type mm -hmm. of mentality. Yeah, I've been curious about that. I think for, for me, what I've realized is similar to you. There's so many different phases that I can recall, the younger version of myself, and not necessarily to blame or shame or guilt, but more so just acknowledge where I was. My version of success was very different when I was younger. Yeah. 
when I was just getting into the twenties, I mean, I can't say that part of that version of success wasn't built around making as much money as possible. And you want it instantly. Yeah. Instant gratification. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think within that there is, if I didn't take the time to reflect after some of those relationships that I was a part of when I was younger, I can't say that I would be in this position having the conversation that I do because I would have just gone from one to the other. Yeah. And, and after a while, I was just, uh, I had a conversation like this with a friend of mine. We were talking about crisis and the importance of learning during a crisis as well as learning after it happens. He said the thing that makes a big difference or why it's important to learn during it is because if you think about it, an event happens, a challenge happens, and then however many hours or days later you reflect upon that. Well, the thing that I didn't take into account is that I'm no longer reflecting about that event alone. I'm also somewhat blinded by the thousands of other events that took a, took place in between. Mm. So it's really difficult to understand how is it that took place and why is it that took place? Because there were thousands of other events that happened after that crisis situation took place. And I think the same exact thing for me applies to some of these relationships or connections, even professional connections, managing one's network, managing the expectation from a network. That's a whole other ballgame to understand and really be a part of because there are individuals who are solely there to do business. They don't want to know anything about you. They don't want to know who you really are. They just want to know how can I help you? Give me yeah. three tangibles that I can add value to your life. And then I'll go to the next one. Once again, nothing wrong with that. Just a different way of doing it. So when I come across individuals like that, I find it harder for me to really be in that connection yes. because I don't operate through that lens. Mm -hmm. I'm more about developing a connection, hearing your voice, whether it is we have a 30 or an hour, however long conversation about something that is completely unrelated yep. to anything business. That's the thing that's going to allow me to really understand you rather than specific milestones or agendas that I can help you with. So mm -hmm. those are, that's a very different ballgame as well. Managing professional expectations. Yeah. LinkedIn. I mean, think about the number of people that we actually connect with and come across and think about how different each person's approach is from the one that's following yes. that one. Yep. Like completely different ballgame. And I can't say, yeah, I can't say that I've, I, I don't know how I understand that. I don't know how I understand how I navigate through it. We, we, cause you and I both pretty similar, we're, you know, doing podcast, you know, shadows podcast available on over 10 platforms right now. But, uh, with, with us doing our podcast and stuff, it's, it's interesting because we do get connected with so many people, yeah. different people, every single one. And a lot of times you'll, th th this is really interesting. For example, you can say, Bodie, I got this connection for you. I want you to meet Brad Bradson. He's a good guy. He's this amazing guy. And you set this expectation for me to where I'm like, 
ooh, I'm ready to meet Brad Bradson. I'm, I'm excited <laughs> to meet this guy. And, you know, I'll listen to your episode with him and I'm like, oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, this is going to be a good fit. But then I interact with Brad Bradson. My interaction is completely different than yours. Yeah. He just doesn't like me. He's an Oleg guy. He's not a, a Bodhi guy. And we, we don't click whatsoever. But that expectation was so high that uh, you'll talk to me and I'm like, eh, it was okay. We just, we, we just didn't click. We're not, yeah, we're not going to be buddies or anything like that. And, you know, and maybe it didn't work out, but then it's like, because of, of your experience with them, sometimes we almost get offended. Yeah. If they don't see the same, if, if they don't meet that expectation that we, we had set for them. And people do that with um, movies. They do it with music. They do it with people where it's, you know, someone will, will hype up somebody or something so big. Yeah. And they set this expect, oh, this book, you've got to read this book. It's the best book you've ever seen in your life. And I read it and I'm like, eh, expectation was a little too high. I didn't really, <laughs> didn't really care for it that much. But that happens a lot, I think, with, uh, with the, the networking that we do with LinkedIn and stuff. It's, I'm going to connect you to this person. They're fantastic. They're going to be one of the best people you ever met in your life. And then, you know, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't pan out and it doesn't work out. And we've, we had such high expectations, but it just didn't meet. Yeah. I, I also think you bring up a really good point actually regarding podcasts and how that works with guests. I, I personally haven't heard this particular message or this point talked about probably ever, to be honest with you. And that's this concept of the people that we connect with as guests. They're not necessarily all lifelong friends. Mm -mm. I mean, let's be real about that. I think there is something about this concept that, and I've experienced this, you know, in overcoming odds, we've had 234, 35 episodes, some number like that. A little bit ahead of me. Does that, does that mean that I have 234 friends Yeah, and that, that I can pick up the phone if times get tough and rely? Absolutely not. Yeah. 10 max, mm -hmm. maybe even less than that. And I, I think that also goes to the expectation of not everyone you meet is going to be your best friend. Not everyone you meet is someone that you will be sharing space with yeah. beyond that initial conversation. Mm-hmm. I've had people come on the show that uh, that I've I've scheduled them. I've looked up their bio. I have uh, done my research, and this is without you know anybody connecting me to them. It's just I went out and, and sought out this person and, and got him as a guest, and I'm really excited. I don't know if you've had this as well. I'm not going to say which episodes, but they uh, <laughs> you get, you get them on the. It was it was Oleg, um, but no, you <laughs> you get them on the show. And or even like the pre discussions, like you, you get them on there and you start talking to them and you're really excited. You know, you you open the Zoom meeting or the StreamYard meeting and they log in and you start talking to them. And it it's just no chemistry, no connection. Like you yeah. said, we're not going to be friends after this. You, you know, it's a one off and you get done recording. You didn't have a good flow during the conversation. It didn't feel natural. It felt rushed for whatever reason. I've had people log in and they're like, you've got. Uh, 20 minutes starting two minutes ago. And when it's over with, I had such high expectations for this. Episode. Like I already created the cover art. I was that ready for it. Yeah. And then I get them on and it's like, eh, 
I could have done without that. That wasn't yeah. the best that, and we set those expectations sometimes, you know, I, I talk about, we set goals, but we set expectations in our head as to, to how good somebody's going to be or how great someone's going to be. But yeah, I totally agree with you. I, I, there's been so many people that, you know, I go into every one looking like, oh, this, this can be more than just one episode. I can possibly expand my network with this, but some, unfortunately, is just not. It's just the way that they are. Mm-hmm. Billy Atwell has joined us here. He actually hosts a show of his own. I'd, I'd be yeah. curious to hear from you, Billy. How do you look at your guests in general and, and this concept of is everyone or is everyone not a lifelong friend or are some of them truly one-time conversations and encounters? Because as you were sharing this, I, I think that's the same exact thing that I'm fascinated by is, is Ed, I think about all the episodes that I've done out of all of those, there's only a handful of people that I've stayed in touch with. And it, and it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with those that I didn't stay in touch with, because I think it's a two way street. Yeah. I had to put in the effort just like you had to put in the effort in order for us to maintain the connection that we have. But I will also say that there is, there is an outside expectation that forms a podcast carry with it. I mean, think about the listeners, the number mm-hmm. of listeners and downloads and the expectation that creates of Ooh. whether or not your show is successful or not. That's a good one too, yeah. And you get yep. ranked. Mm-hmm. You literally get ranked based on an expectation. And that ranking determines your positioning. Therefore, it can determine your worth, your purpose, and your meaning in the world. So if you're not top five or you're not top 10, what are the chances that someone's going to listen to you? The download thing's interesting. You bring that up because um, when I started, I've, I've not been shy about it. When I got started, I was, uh, I've really used uh, the llama lounge, which is another tremendous podcast. You've been on that one as well. Um, I was using that kind of as the measuring bar, you know, I was using them as, you know, how did y'all get set up? All right, sweet. They helped us get set up. And then it was, where are your downloads at? Oh, we're not quite there. Well, they had been doing it for a lot longer than us, but we wanted it like instantly. And it's like, oh, we don't have the same amount of downloads in, in audience, but we've been patient and we've built up our audience to where now it's, it's meeting our expectations that we initially set. But those first couple of months, I was like, oh. and that's why a lot of podcasts ultimately fizzle out because they... Yeah. They put in the work, but they don't have the numbers. They don't have the downloads. They don't have the followers on Instagram. Those dopamines are real. They really are. I post an episode and it got, you know, uh, 14 views on my YouTube page or my, you know, downloads or whatever. And it's like cutting bait. I'm done. Uh, (laughs) That's a real thing as well. And that, that, that's why I think like statistically, a lot of podcasts don't make it past uh, what is it like eight episodes or something like that? Like yeah. 10 is like a magic number for most podcasts, but they, I guarantee you majority of those that have uh, gone out there and, and fizzled it's been because it, it stems back to expectations some way, shape or form, whether it's downloads, followers, uh, subscriptions, you know, reviews, not comparing to such and such as number Caleb and I have ignite and shadows to, completely separate shows kind of under the same umbrella 
we don't compare downloads. We don't compare yeah. likes or any of that stuff because we don't want to set those expectations on the other one. But yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting you brought that up. And think about the impact that it has on your mental health. Depression, anxiety, oh, yeah. stress, just the unnecessary. I mean, for me, I, I can't say it's unnecessary for everyone because everyone has their own journey and everyone has their own expectations when it comes to it. I personally don't try to look at those things as far as how many people listen to this, how many people engaged. I do it so that I can engage with other people and help mm -hmm. ask questions or bring up whatever the topic of conversation is. But I have found myself recently in those situations where it's like I actively choose not to look at the numbers because they do influence. Yeah, They influence the conversation I have moving forward. If one episode had 500 listens and the other one had 100 or 10, yeah. do you choose not to have a conversation around that topic ever again? Yeah. Or is it just wrong time and wrong place? Maybe I was in a different state. Maybe I wasn't feeling well. Maybe I was going through mm -hmm. grief, loss, whatever it is. And so it prevented me from being fully there in the moment to the expectation that I set for myself. Yeah. And so the questions I was asking may not be the same exact way. The way that I was engaging with the guests, I think there's so many factors that contribute to what it means to have a quote-unquote successful conversation that I don't even fully understand. Yeah. And then each podcast gets built on the other. So you have one episode that you thought was just through the roof, and then the next one doesn't meet that expectation. Mm -hmm. So then how do you view the whole show? Yeah. And it's like, what are you really comparing it to? Because I know exactly what you're talking about. I recorded one not too long ago mm -hmm. and, you know, I logged off and I was like, all right, see you later. And I hit end and I was like, oh, I was, I was so off. Yeah, That was not good. And I emailed the person and they were like, oh my gosh, this was an amazing conversation and blah, blah, blah. And for me, I'm like, I didn't, I didn't think it was that good. But like, what am I measuring that to my, my vibe? my energy, like, it, but we do that a lot. Like they're the perfectionist out there, uh, you know, those individuals who are those perfectionist tendencies, they go out and they do something and they're so despondent by it. And other people look at it and they're like, man, you, you killed it today. You did great. And you see this all the time with people. And they're, they're like, no, that was terrible. That was awful. They've set these expectations for themselves. These, uh, like I said, this invisible bar, this invisible number, this invisible rubric or whatever it is in their head. And they don't need you to tell them they did good or bad. They're already kicking themselves for it. And I've been so guilty of that on here. I've been guilty of as an instructor. I'll leave a flight room sometimes and I'll be like, oh, I, oh, that was, I'm not happy with my performance in there. But you yeah. run into a student and they'll say, Oh, I learned so much from that lesson or you'll read a review at the end of the course. And they're like, that was my favorite block we had with you was when you did such and such. And yeah, we have these internal expectations as well. Mm -hmm. and, and it's a good point. I'm, I'm curious when you correspond with a guest in this situation, mm -hmm. do you tell them the truth? That I didn't like that <laughs> for, or wow. do you take the blame? Do you take the blame even if it is on the other person's end? Technical difficulties, whatever. 
Uh, I'm trying to think of which one I, if I've had. We haven't had a whole. We haven't had 200 and some um, episodes. We're we're on like 30 right now. But I'm trying to think of like the one I had that was just I, okay. So I did have one that was technical difficulties on the user's end, mm-hmm. and like they couldn't get logged in. There was technical difficulties. They had spotty Wi-Fi the whole time. Like anything that could have gone wrong went wrong with it. And they were very like apologetic. I was, you know, I was doing the the you know oh no 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 worries no don't don't worry about it. I wasn't upset by it. We just rescheduled and did it again. But um, if something happens on my end, yeah, absolutely, I'll I'll totally take blame for that um, and own up to it. But yeah, that's a, yeah, I'll, I'll own up. If it's a bad episode, I'll tell someone, I'll be like, uh, you know, that I'm going to have to do a little bit of editing on, on that one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's kind of the, so for those of you out there, if you come on the show and I tell you, you have to have a lot of editing. Yeah. So, so much editing into that one, but yeah. So there's my I, secret. I've been curious about that because I I'm, actively stepping into that phase more and it's just really acknowledging the the truth of the situation for example if you have a recording or a podcast such as the one that we're doing and it starts at a particular time and let's say the person is late or i'm late and i don't communicate or the person doesn't communicate with me i've had that and then we'll get on and then we don't acknowledge it and like Either I will say, oh, no problem. But the reality of the matter is it's a big problem. Oh, I tell you know? them that. Now, now we got to reschedule. Now we got to do all this. And I and I mean this from both sides because mm-hmm. I find myself in situations like that as well where I might be late and due to whatever circumstances, I don't communicate for why it is that I'm late. And then the, the host will say, oh, no big deal. But internally, it's probably a huge deal. Yeah. And so at what point do you choose to express the truth of the situation and acknowledging that that might impact the conversation you have forward, that might impact your own set of expectations around that episode. But the reality of the matter is that is the truth. That's what we went through. Mm -hmm. You know, if this episode you came, I don't know, 20 minutes late and didn't communicate with me saying, Hey, this is why I'm being late or technical problems or whatever. And then I tell you, Hey, it's no big deal. When the reality of the matter, it's a big deal. Yeah. Try to avoid, you try to tiptoe around it. It's like coming into yeah. work, just throwing your apron on and hopping on the grill. Like you need to, uh, uh, I, it's weird. You bring this up because I, I'm very much a, by the book. I tell you, I'm going to be somewhere at 10 o'clock. I'm going to be there at like nine 30. Yeah. Um, I was on here. I was, uh, yeah. I was like an hour early today, <laughs> but, um, but I'm very, I, I hold myself to that standard or that, that expectation. And so Monday, this past Monday, and I hate to be that guy who's, you know, talking about an accolade or something, but we had a, uh, a morning meeting together with our cadre and I have people outside of my office talking right now. If you hear that, That's all good. but um, yeah, they're fans of the show. Um, <laughs> but, so we, we had this morning meeting, any and everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. Like I left like my 
I, I took my uniform home. But I left my boots at work. Uh, I was running late. I had some stuff going on at the house. And so I get up here. We're supposed to be here at like 1030. And I call and I'm like, oh, I sent a group message. I said, hey, I'm running a little late. And I felt so bad because I'm like, that's not like me to do that. Never do that. Well, the one day I do it, I come in and like all of leadership was in here and they were surprising me with uh, an award. And so I come in and I, I like walk through everybody with my uniform in my hand and my, my gym clothes on. And I'm like, excuse me, excuse me, come in here, change, come outside. And they, they present this, but everyone had been waiting on me. Mm-hmm. And I was so, I was surprised because I walked out of my office and it was surprise. You're the award winner for blah, blah, blah. And they give it to me, take photos and everything. But instantly in my head, I'm like, they've got to be disappointed. Yeah, I, my commandant has to be disappointed because I was late. I was I had, you know, a reason for being late, but still I had to explain that reason to him. The people who don't know me there that showed up because it was like 15 people there. They're probably thinking that this guy, he he's the one you are giving this to the, the guy that comes in and left his boots uh, in his office. And yeah, but I. It, I was thinking, wow, I didn't meet their expectation. They, my commandant expects better of me. My cadre that I work with expect better than me than this. And I was really hard on myself after that. And I did feel the need to go to him and say, you know, it, it's weird how we do it too. We'll like be in the bathroom washing our hands or something. We're like, oh, cr- crazy day. Oh, everything that went wrong. <laughs> start explaining it to them. They don't even ask, but you just start. Giving <laughs> you feel like you owe them that at that point. Um, and, and we'll do it and we'll, we'll have people and we know how it feels on the opposite and someone will come up to us and they start explaining it and you're like, okay, I don't, I don't need to hear it. I got it. You're, you're fine. But yeah, that happened to me this week. I, I felt like I did not meet someone's expectation and especially the people who don't know me, I felt like I really like diminished anything that they, they thought about me whatsoever. How often do you challenge that internal narrative, that story? A lot. <laughs> I'm I'm very much an internal perfectionist, and um, I mean, I can I can put this desk here together, and if I if I have something off, I feel like I've, I've I did not meet the expectation that I was supposed. If I didn't get a screw in right or something, mm. uh, but I'm constantly battling mine. But I think that pushes me in a way. The little internal expectation, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it drives me. Yeah, I just get curious about it because for me, when situations like that come up and then I form a full-blown narrative, yeah. man, this person must think this of me, now I'm this. And I, I find, especially now, I didn't used to do this for many years of my life, but now I will actually confront the narrative. So if I'm, ex- if I'm experiencing that story, as you were describing, I would actually go to the individual and ask questions in order to validate that story in my head and really get to the core like well what did you think do you think of me any less than or things like that and i find that if the truth which most times it it is different most times the truth of what they think and what whether or not they even care is very different compared to the new york new york times bestseller i'm writing in my head (laughs) and so everyone's on yeah, like every the, there's this full blown story that happens around a situation. Yeah, in your case, it's like you're a minute late or five minutes late. You recognize that, but they may not. 
because they might have been a part of a conversation for that five minutes that they really enjoyed and that wish that conversation actually lasted longer than yeah. having to start the meeting. Mm-hmm. It Expectations, both internal and external from other people, are powerful but dangerous. Yeah. And I think they can be, uh, for ourselves especially, it can be powerful because it can be a driving force. But I think it can be dangerous too because, like you said, you get that 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 screenplay written in your head to where you were like, Oh my, the other day I was, I was like, Oh my gosh, the commander's here. The first sergeant's here. Yeah. He's the one giving it to me. Oh my gosh, this is, I'm done. I'm done. Done as an instructor. And cause I'm five minutes late and I left my boots here, but you talk to someone and it's like, it's no big deal, man. It is no big deal. We were showing off new flight rooms. We were showing off the new amenities around the building. You were perfectly, we wouldn't have started 15 minutes, another 15 minutes anyways. So yeah, powerful, but dangerous. The worst for me was when I was in similar situations and where I had received an award, whether it was from a teacher, principal, or whoever, is that when I see people of such authority in the same room, and let's say that I am late to that meeting or I did something like I messed up some way, some shape or some form before. And you don't think of it as the best case scenario. You think of it, man, I did something wrong. I have all these people in this room now who are probably going to give me feedback in X, Y, Z form. And yet it turns out to be something completely different. Once again, going back to expectation. I think there's also an expectation that goes around authority in thinking mm-hmm. that the individual is going to treat you in X, Y, and Z way, give yes. you X, Y, and Z feedback, when the reality of the matter is there's still people and they might act differently compared to the way that you expect them to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I noticed it as an instructor when I was teaching in Germany. We had to do graduation. <laughs> And we had all of leadership, everybody around the, the base was usually in attendance, like 300 and some people. And I would get up there and I would I would do my, you know, little 20 minute spiel. And I may fumble over a word or say something. And, and I, I really hang on what I said because I'm like, oh, that came off bad to my commandant. It came off bad to my yeah. leadership. And you bring it up to them and they don't even notice. So, <laughs> I didn't even catch that until you told me. Uh, and we're, we feel so bad about it, but more times than not, people don't even really pick up on that stuff. But like I said, internally, it can be pretty, we're dangerous to ourselves in a way with, with our thoughts. Yeah. Bodie, what are some of the ways that people can connect with you? I'll show the website here at the bottom for those that are watching, but tell us a little bit more about the podcast that you have, as well as anything else that you have coming up. Absolutely. The podcast, which I've got. I can't even <laughs> right. Yeah. The shadows podcast. That's the best the- self-promotion I've ever seen in my life. But no, uh, we're on Instagram at, you know, at the underscore shadows podcast. As you can see the link, you go to that link tree right there. It'll take you to, to everything that we're doing, but our podcast basically uh, Oleg's been on there. Um, you know, Casey's actually coming up on a future episode. Mm-hmm. I heard you talk about him. Scott Mason was on a recent one, but uh, we have any and everybody, pretty much every single person 
whether they're military, whether they're an athlete, a CEO, an author, they all have a story to tell. Each and every person, each listener on here has a story to tell. Yeah. And we give them that platform and they come on and, and we have fun at first. We get some rapid fire questions to kind of loosen them up. And then we, we go through their story from their upbringings to uh, really the obstacles that they've had to overcome. And we've had breast cancer survivors, PTSD survivors. We've had people who have just been in such traumatic experiences and they've overcome. And, uh, you know, kind of the concept of the show is everybody has a shadow. That shadow sticks by your side from cradle to grave. And, uh, you know, your darkest moments, you feel like you're alone, but your shadow is still there. And your highest moments at that pinnacle, you know, you you are succeeding and the light shining on you. And it's that shadow is larger than life. But it always somewhat diminishes in a way as well. But it always stays with you. And it's always a constant reminder of, of things you've been through. And it's an awesome, awesome uh, experience that I've, I've been at. We're about our halfway uh, six month mark. Uh, we've, we've, you've had 200 and some episodes. I think we just dropped episode 27, but every Monday we have a new one, uh, such a diverse group of guests that we have on there as well. And then uh, Caleb Pearson, the guy who does the ignite podcast, which is uh, you can't have the, the shadows without the light. His is a personal professional development one on Thursdays, but we also on this link, if you go to our YouTube page, we have all of our archived shadows episodes and then every friday uh caleb and i release an off the air episode where we just get on there have fun for 20 minutes we talk about our past episodes for the week and our upcoming episodes for the next week and uh it's it's good so if anybody out there has a story to tell if they would like to you know get their their story out there because our goal is to reach one guest every episode We're, that is our expectation is one guest every episode that uh you know hears it and they're like wow i needed this at this point in time in my life just like finding that right book at the right yeah. time on that right episode and it really resonates with you and crazy thing is me as a host i've had so many guests recently yeah that things that have been going on with i mean i still have a life and things that have been going on in my life <laughs> uh you know it's like oh my gosh this was the perfect guest for me to interview because their message resonates with me and then vice versa there'll be some guests that i've had that are like wow this they'll message me after and they're like i needed this experience to go on this because we go deep we we open up some wounds we we uh, peel that scab back and, and we we really, you know, uh, we're vulnerable on there and, and sharing some story. We, we got some really, really, really good ones coming up. Really. Dylan Roberts, I'm telling you, that's going to be one in about three to four weeks. Sleeper. Uh -huh. So we got some really, really, really good people coming up pretty soon. So check us out. Give us feedback and let us know what you think. How much do you think a conversation like that starts with your own genuine interest in wanting to learn about your own experience as well as the experience of the other individual? I think, uh, honestly, I found that the pre-conversation, so we'll have, I'll talk to them beforehand. Yeah. And I, I can feel the chemistry with some people and some it's just like, eh, not really there. But I've had people come on before and they, they come on thinking one thing and then by the time we're done talking, they're telling me their story on a pre-conversation. Mm -hmm. And they've really opened up to me. So, uh, you know, I, I'm not gonna sit here and say that I'm, you know, the funniest, the smartest, any of that. I'm genuine. I'm, yeah. I'm genuine. And 
I, I I've always I get that honest from my mom. I'm just a genuine person and I'll sit there and listen to stories. But I'm also vulnerable myself and I'll tell people the stuff that I've been through, uh, which I've shared with you before with right. the loss of my father and my sister. And it, it's just real talk. And, uh, you know, we I think we both have the same objective of mine. Each message can help somebody else who may desperately be in need of hearing that at the right time. Yeah. Yeah. And you just never know whose message that's going to be. You never know who's listening. You never mm-hmm. know when it's going to impact them. It, they might be listening to that episode 10 years down the road. And that's when it has the impact. It's just there's so much that's unknown about it that it it's it, once again, double edged sword, powerful, but I guess you could also say dangerous because you just, you don't know, you don't know, you don't know. And someone might listen to that conversation now and something might stick to them, but they might listen to that same exact conversation five or 10 years down the road and they pick up a completely different message. I got a, something that someone said yesterday that I'll kind of steal with. You plant the seed, you walk away, but you'll never sit in the shade. You'll never know who it's impacted. You never know who it's going to, uh, you know, trickle down to, but just knowing that we've released, you know, almost 30 episodes in one episode has at least helped one person at this point. Mission accomplished. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for being a part of this. Thank you for sharing everything. And anyone that's listening right now, feel free to connect with Bodie on LinkedIn, Facebook, LinkedIn, right right here. That's my LinkedIn name as well. I got to get used to where my hands are with this. I'm not very good at it. <laughs> no, thank you. Thanks for being a part of this and just always having this, having this conversation. Appreciate you having me always. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to our future episodes so you can receive all of the latest content. Also, if you like what you heard, consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can hear these inspiring and courageous conversations. Once again, we thank you for listening and we look forward to having you next time.